What is up, consumies? This is Jamie Lewis, host of the Consumed Podcast, where eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers sit at my creaky kitchen table and talk about life and flavor with me. You're at the table too. Thanks for joining us. Before I introduce today's guest, here's a little bit about sponsors of the Consumed Podcast. We all know eating fruits and veggies is an important part of staying healthy. Fresh, local produce has the most flavor and nutrition, but how do you know what's in season locally? Become part of the Tally community as a member of the Tally Farms Box Program. Tally grows their produce and partners with other California farmers to include the freshest and best-tasting local produce you can find anywhere. Farming on the Central Coast since 1948, the Tally family created the Tally Farms Box to make healthy eating easy and affordable. Here's how it works. Select which size box you want, then choose pickup or home delivery and how often you want to get your box. It's flexible for customization and vacation holds, and included in all boxes are tested recipes and storage recommendations. Come be a part of Tally's healthy lifestyle. Visit tallyfarmsbox.com and use promo code CONSUMED for $10 off your first box. That's promo code CONSUMED for $10 off. Eat fresh, eat local, and eat lots of California fruits and veggies for better health. If you live in San Luis Obispo County or you love San Luis Obispo County, Slow Life magazine is for you. This publication connects its 100,000 readers per issue with the culture, people, and happenings in our area. I write the food column for the magazine, and most recently, I covered Cane Tiki Room in Paso Robles. It's this super fun, adorable spot with pineapple lights outside and tiki gods everywhere and legit cocktails with all the plastic monkeys, umbrellas, and bendy straws. I'd tell you all about the food they serve, too, but you got to wait to read it in the magazine. Find Slow Life in your mailbox every other month if you're a local, or visit slowlifemagazine.com to get a subscription. If you've been listening to the Consume podcast for any length of time, you know I've been supported by Rancho de Anaveros Wines almost since the beginning. Recently, Vintner James Onoveros partnered with Santa Barbara County wine expert Wes Hagen to offer tastings at the historic ranch in the Santa Maria Valley. On the Rancho de Onoveros website, I love it. It says, this is not your average wine tasting. Please allow two to three hours for the full experience and bring your boots. I've been to the ranch house and in the Rancho Onoveros Vineyard, and let me tell you, it's just one of the most heartfelt, down-to-earth, yet sublime experiences. The place is laden with history, and it doesn't hurt that the native nine Pinot Noir is a supernova. It's so good, in fact, that Wine and Spirits magazine named it one of the top 100 wineries of 2021. If you'd like a private tasting at the ranch house with Wes, you owe it to yourself to make a reservation by emailing Wes Hagen at wes at ranchosdeonteveros.com. Okay, on to the episode. Sam De Nicola and Matt Gamara are the bakers behind Bread Bike, a community-supported bakery in San Luis Obispo. Here's the business model. People mill whole grains and bake them into hearty loaves of bread, then they bike it around to people in the community. I've had a Bread Bike subscription for a while now, and I love, love, love Bread Day. Here we talk about how bread became a thing for both Sam and Matt, how their shared interests merged into a business, the early days of biking bread around, 
the new bakery space on Parker Street, and how the bread bike name stuck. Enjoy my conversation with Sam Nicola and Matt Gamara of Bread Bike. You guys, how how did Bread Bike begin? Um, well, Bread Bike began. Bread Bike began. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to do a better job at interviewing you. Let's start at the beginning. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Sebastopol, California. Oh, good food. Like an hour north of San Francisco. Right. Okay. And where did you grow up? I grew up here in Los Osos. Oh, right on. Mm. Okay. Okay. And did you both, did you meet through Cal Poly or did you meet in town? How did you meet? We met, um, I moved to town about three years ago, which is when Bread Bike began. Well, you're began. very fresh. Okay. And, but I've been visiting here for 10, 15 years. Ever since um, I graduated high school, I had friends that came to go to college here. Mm-hmm. And then I would visit them off and on. Actually, our friend mm-hmm. who's at the bakery right now helping us with some stuff is the mm-hmm. reason I moved here because oh, he's one of my cool. best friends. And But when I moved here, I started baking and it's, I don't know if that was bread bike or I was just kind of baking. It was kind of just the beginning of bread bike. Like I don't know tinkering. like what that like exact moment is, yeah. but um, I was baking and then Patrick, my friend, his partner is like grew up and mm-hmm. knows Matt. And okay. so actually it was just like a friend said, oh, do you know Matt? Like Matt's, you, you should meet Matt because he loves bread and you love bread. Like you guys should mm. be friends. So we first got connected just from friends telling us that we should know each other. Okay. And then we first, basically, when I had started Bread Bike and Matt had started Lofosos, which was his... You're Lofosos? Oh, yeah. Okay, because in my mind I was like, uh, do I ask if he had another bakery? Okay, so does Lofosos exist anymore? Uh, Yes. Yes, (laughs) in the form of Bread Bike. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Yes, I always love that name. And yeah, I've I've seen seen that around. Okay, so yeah. So Matt had started Lofosos a month before, basically, I Mm -hmm. started Bread Bike, basically the same time. And so we, we became baking, home baking business buddies yeah Mm -hmm. we were like you know just like oh how do you do this form bouncing you know just kind of going through the process together but Mm -hmm. in he was in slow and i was on the coast so yeah and we were both so small it wasn't like i don't know people i was like oh you were competitors it's like no we were just baking like 10 15 loaves out of our house (laughs) oh my gosh you know that many like we were just like (laughs) like figuring it out almost together but separate yeah oh what's your spreadsheet look like oh, yeah what's yeah. oh how do you uh oh hey i found some new grain do you yeah. want to try it and i'm like mm-hmm. you should try this grain and then and then eventually when we got a little bigger like oh we want to get a bunch of flour let's order one pallet yes and then we'll split it between the two of us yeah because it's way more yeah. efficient to get a pallet at a time than half a pallet. For sure. Um, so little things like that. That's, yeah. that's how we met. That's when you start to understand like leveraging economies of scale, oh, you know, yeah. is a huge help mm-hmm. if you can collaboborate with somebody yeah. to split costs on things like when that. You're really and have small. access. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um Matt, I mean the loaves that I get from bread bike mm-hmm. are so tangy, which mm-hmm. is why I, that's why I buy right. my bread from you guys. Did yours start that way? Was it always super sour? It was. So I think it's like, um, 
whenever people ask me these kind of questions, it's like such a rabbit hole that I go to, <laughs> but trying to distill it, it's, uh, so sourdough bread is just so, um, specific to where it's being made, yes. whether that's in slow or in Lesosos. Yeah. And so, but they're similar enough to where, um, you know, people always rave about San Francisco sourdough yeah. or like the bagels in New York because of the water or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, so each region has these specific kind of notes that are put into the product. And yeah. then it's also how we make the bread. So we make all of our bread in a similar way that Sam and I uh, just kind of fell into or that's how we learned yeah. when we first started. Um, so that all like, yeah. So I think the answer is yes. From Mm -hmm. the beginning, it kind of always had this signature tanginess, but I always like to say it's not like a grocery store bread kind of sourness Mm -hmm. because it's a, it's a natural, you know, um, fermentative sourness and it varies and it varies. You're not getting this kind of bread in a grocery store. I mean like for sure you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I bet it varies from loaf to loaf, right? Or from bread to to bread. Week to week, day to day. I mean, it gets super hot and we don't adapt fast enough mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the fermentation is out of control yeah. mm. or it gets really cold and everything's mm-hmm. going really slow Sluggish. and it's, it's not going to be as tangy Yeah. or we use too hot of water or yeah. Or just whatever. Yeah. Sometimes we don't even know, but it's just, it's just different. Yeah. It's, yeah. I but just, that's part of the game is yeah. we're always trying to figure it out, you know, try yeah. and get a read on it. And it's never the same every day, which is part of the fun, you yeah. know, because um, we make the same recipes every day, but the humidity, the temperature, you know, everything has an input on what it. What mood the bakers are in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're sure. humors. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, I'm going to pause just for a second because those cookies are yeah, smelling I done. Yeah, smell <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, if I let this go too <laughs> we are going to be in trouble. That's just a normal background smell to me. I, I wasn't even yeah. thinking about it. It does smell good. The timer's going to go off and we'll just start. Timer, someone's got to get that. <laughs> yes, of all the people that I could, that would understand, it would be you guys. Um, I have a friend who taught me that when you bake something, if you are conscious about it, it means you're just smelling it. So if you, like, instead of paying attention to the timer, Mm-hmm. In a home kitchen, let's say. Right, you guys yeah. Have a bakery and stuff's going all the time, then you would. Right. But here, I can, I've can. i started to smell when something is like, no, it's not going to get any better. It's only yep. going to start to decline. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully these aren't. Are you also highly tuned to burnt smell? <laughs> I like alarm yeah. sounds in my like the moment like oh bake something burnt yeah. like guys what what is that? I wish I could say yes. My kids would say no. She does not. Uh, <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Oh, um, yes. So I think I mean we I've talked on this podcast before about the terroir of bread and how it's different yeah. from everywhere. And I hadn't thought about the New York bagels. I think I had heard that before right. that the water. Yeah is responsible for mm-hmm. that's what they say the pure yeah. flavor yeah. yeah we worked in one bakery that we won't name that didn't have purified water filtered mm-hmm. water mm-hmm. and we had we we went there and then we had all these remarks from our customers saying mm-hmm. there's chemical taste to your bread now and we like it was like, i like freaked out about yeah. it like, oh no like Mm. Are we not cleaning properly our containers? Or we have, oh and then gosh. at some point we just realized it was the water that this yeah. bakery had been using. 
It was safe. And filled, it was it's safe city to drink, water, but it safe. had but, the chlorine. But we've always mist, used fil- you know. like we have filtration at our right. um, at our bakery now, and then we ended up bringing in a filter and be like, "Oh, well, you guys don't want to use it, but we need to use that because yeah. we it's water is right. half your bread almost, you know." But yeah. who thinks of it that way? You know, yeah. I don't at home. Right. Well, yeah. we should. We need to because yeah. yes. that's you know yeah. our business, our lives. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it was. You know, multiple people had had notified us of this, and and we were trying to figure and, it out. Yeah, it was like this big nice. kind of yeah. But we were glad it wasn't really hadn't because we're always very cleanly. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we keep our bakery very clean. Yeah. You know, that's just how we were brought up in the bakery world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that it was like kind of this moment of self doubt, oh, like no, oh no. Yeah. But yeah. at least it was something that was like easily fixable. It's like oh, totally. Just the water. And yeah. it's not like you made a bunch of people sick or no, anything no, like no. that. It's, it's a little like a slightly yeah. weird yeah, taste, yeah. but it was Isn't yeah. that interesting. Yeah. Well, so where does baking come from? Maybe we'll start with you. What Sam, what where does baking come from for you? Did you have a a relative who baked a lot or was it just an, a curiosity for you? Uh first I first baked a loaf of bread. I don't remember. I think it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So when I was 20. Mhm. Maybe, maybe 19, maybe 21. Mm-hmm. Um and for me, that was just, uh, I had, I was working at, um, a kitchen. I was actually brewing kombucha at this kitchen. I had like been going to college then I left college for a little bit and I was just doing food things. And then before I finished college and, um, a friend of mine at the kitchen who I brewed the kombucha with, mm-hmm. he had been baking bread and I thought it was really cool. Yeah. And so I went to his house and he showed me his way that he made it mm-hmm. and then i went home and then i just made bread did he have a mother like he was doing it the yeah he gave rustic. me he had a sourdough starter here is maybe an embarrassing but i'm not embarrassed um <laughs> fact about me i've never made my own sourdough starter from scratch oh you've you've i've never done borrowed it. from others i've always no because I, I didn't even know that <laughs> yeah, yeah. um but i'm not embarrassed yeah. i like it i like i love that someone gives it to me like i'd rather that than make it my own yeah it's like you give me this little thing that you've taken yes. care yeah. of and i've given lots of people sourdough starter yeah. but they've always come from this friend or and all of a sudden my starter dies i just go to the local bakery and yeah. they all, they give it yeah. they know oh, here's some starter i find it funny that you think you should be embarrassed that you haven't made your own starter <laughs> no, is that something I, I think in, I'm the, taking, in the i said maybe embarrassed i don't actually <laughs> and the more i think about it, i'm not embarrassed I'm, yeah <laughs> of course I'm proud. Not. yeah yeah everyone that always asks like how do you make your own starter like, well, i don't know i don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think you just put it out but uh, you could just ask us for some, and we'll give you right. Yeah, yeah. It is a cool. Uh, it's a very cool tradition of sharing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like pet sitting, and then you get all these stories. Like I had a starter back. This was in Berkeley when I learned how to make bread. I had a starter um, that this guy had given me that told me he told me it was like a hundred years old from Italy or something Incredible. like that. And then one time we were in. I used to work at a spot around the corner from Tartine. And I went in and I asked, oh, I, my starter here died. Can I have some starter? And the baker was like, well, Chad really doesn't like sharing the starter. Chad. But if you promise not to use it for any business purpose, 
you can you can have it and i was like yeah sure i'm just baking at home um so i had his starter for a little bit and then it died and then i had different you know yeah i've had lots of different starters yeah i think the thing for me is i feel like really quickly your starter just becomes your starter mm-hmm. and so i don't i don't believe too much there's a lot of science behind that too. in the like the I, I love stories and i love food stories but that's one food story that i'm kind of yeah that's cute but I think your starter is your starter and it, and our starter in the bakery mm-hmm. is Brian Bike's starter in the bakery. And the moment I gave it to you and you started doing it, um, making sourdough in your house, it would become Jamie's starter. What do you mean by there's a lot of science behind it, though? So it, just like the, the, their microbial populations, so they're not like humans that live to be 100 plus years. You know, mm-hmm. they live and die, you know, every day. So these populations are like constantly adapting um, and mm-hmm. so my starter in Osos was different than his starter in Slow, you know, mm-hmm. and then it also has to do with the flour you're feeding it. If you take a starter from Italy that's fed Italian flour that's grown and milled in Italy and then you start feeding it uh, flour that's grown and milled here, that's going to also have an effect on it. Totally. Uh, but I mean, it's the story, you know, that's the biggest part of that. Yeah. Um, and like there might be something going on to where there's some super strong strain that kind of I think there could be influence. you know we don't yeah. the fact is like we don't know yeah. what really is going on yeah. it's um it's kind of like part of that microbial mystery um that I think people are starting to like more seriously study nowadays you know with like the whole gut biome and totally. just how big of an impact that microbes have on our lives yeah. um but it's yeah it's fun to imagine and I kind of like not knowing because yeah. it's just magic. Yeah. And I like yeah. magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They've been doing it for thousands of years. I got to say know? that bread of maybe all the foods that we eat, bread has got to be the most magical of I, all Yeah, of I would agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I, look, I love beer and so much of what happens with right. bread is so similar to beer. Um, but beer, you're not, yes, you're converting sugar to alcohol. But with bread, you're like lifting something. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. magic. They yeah. live in yeah. there, and they—they're—the death is what creates the lift, and it's just insane. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that it can happen with two ingredients, right? Flour and water. Yeah. Can't you just—I yeah. mean, if it's can. It a living taste, starter, it doesn't taste that great yeah. if you don't <laughs> add salt. <laughs> yeah, done it before, that's like Tuscan yeah. bread. Have you right. been? Yeah, yeah. Oh my I, gosh. I know about it, but yeah, it's uh... everybody. All Americans when they go to Italy and they bite that Tuscan bread. It's like, it's like yeah, a paste. Yeah, what yeah. is this? Well, you have to eat it with something else. You yeah, know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's a cultural. Mm-hmm. That's like a cultural palate that we just don't have. Right. But, but yeah, bread is for sure magic. Mm-hmm. And I think if you start a band ever, it should be the microbial mysteries. Oh, I really oh, think I like when that. you said that, I was like, yeah. that's a band name. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, did you have any family that was baking, or um, how did you get into it? So. Funnily enough, my mom's full side is full Italian. Um, So I do have like some Italian bread baking blood probably Mm -hmm. somewhere. Um, But I, I, so I went to Santa Cruz for a biology degree and Mm -hmm. it was during, I got kind of hooked in like really interested in bread making during a microbiology class Mm -hmm. where they were using sourdough as an example um and that's when i was like oh this is really cool you know like i'm gonna try it but i was a junior in college and 
I had like all these other things, yeah. you know, going on. Yeah. And so I made some really gross um, bread, you know, really inedible. Really? <laughs> like disgust. I mean, like I, I made a starter and then, but I would neglect it and it would get kind of weird. like in a dorm room? It was in a house, okay, you know, okay. but I lived with like, you know, I had like four housemates. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I kind of gave it a half attempt, you know, I didn't really have my full attention, mm-hmm. but I was super interested from that point on. And then after I graduated and I had a lot more free time, that's when I really, I kind of went down a whole fermentation rabbit hole where I was making sauerkraut and kombucha and Fun. like all the fermentation things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but sauerkraut and sourdough were like the ones that I really liked and I liked the simplicity of it. And, yes. um, so yeah, and that's, and just kind of escalated over the past yeah. like five, seven years. Yeah. I mean, yes, anytime something converts, right, mm-hmm. without without you, all you have to do is watch it. Yeah, You exactly. really don't have to tinker too much, right? right? Um, but just keep an eye on it. And mm-hmm. the fact that it's alive, like you were saying, when you leave the, the starter out, or mm-hmm. it's, it's hot, or the mood of the baker, or whatever, there's just all these factors, all these inputs that make it a living Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, getting your loaves, I feel, um, I mean, I grew up in the nineties when, you know, fat was the thing and carbs later were the thing that you don't eat. And it really was, uh, burned on my brain that you don't eat bread. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like, it's not good for you. And I get why they said that. I totally mm. understand and moderation and everything, but your loaves feel so alive to me that they feel almost like, I know they're not medicine, but they feel mm. beneficial. They don't feel like they're taking anything away from me. It feels like I'm getting mm. things from it. Um, and that liveliness is the tang so mm. often, you know. So um, tangy bread like that, because what do I get? The California loaf? It's that? like our classic yes. plain loaf, the country loaf. As yeah. Call it. yeah, I just, I just totally love it. And interestingly, so my kids are really, they have um, a real, they're adventurous with foods for kids. They will have the sourdough with olive oil and salt. They like mm-hmm. that. But for sandwiches and things, they want the white, you know, mm-hmm. they want the thing. So... And my husband has celiac disease. Mm. And so I'm literally the only person eating them. <laughs> yeah. Good job. I eat one loaf every two weeks nice. and I freeze it. Yeah. And I just, I pound through that bread. That's the way anyway. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell me what, you know, you're talking about your recipes and what's on your spreadsheet and all mm. that. What is the flour that you primarily use? Um, so we use, um, we use a mix. Um, we use, so all of our bread, and, and something you were just talking about is how you feel good. You mm-hmm. eat the bread. Mm-hmm. And it is true that that has to do with the fermentation process. But I think it also has to do with the grains that we use, uh, and maybe equally so, if not more so. Um, we, we, Matt and I are big whole grain believers. Yeah. And we pack as much whole grain as we can and then like convince people to eat because people think whole grain doesn't taste good or 
it's kind of has like a bad reputation. It's no fun or it's whatever. Like, it's or just dry. healthy. And yeah. so I was like, oh, it's healthy. And sometimes people say healthy to imply it doesn't taste good. Yeah. Um, but we actually think it tastes way better. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we know it makes you feel better. Yeah. It, it provides real nutrition for you. So we're constantly changing our recipes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. every, probably every six months to year, I'm like, hey, Matt, like, Let's throw some more whole grain in the loaves. And see if anyone notices. And we do it. And we do it. And we <laughs> yeah, change. Yeah. Maybe it was 30%, and then 40%, yeah. and then 50%, and then 60%, yeah. and then next time it's going to be 62%, and how, 65%. I mean, you're whole probably grain. also measuring how much can the, the dough handle, right? How much can yeah, it take? It's a balance. It's a balance to get the, the texture yeah. that you yeah. want or you expect. But So for us, where does our flour come from? All of our whole grain that we use... We're also milling fresh. We have a big 40-inch. You are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you know is that? so rad. We really need to teach me. Yeah. <laughs> teach so, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have we a, yeah, we're working on yeah. that. Actually. Yeah. We have a big 40-inch stone mill. So it's two large pieces of granite. Mm-hmm. The base is a round piece of granite that doesn't move. Mm-hmm. And then the top, there's another circular piece of granite that spins. And then there's a giant hopper on top that you load hundreds of pounds of grain into. And the grain slowly drops in between those two stones as they mm-hmm. spin and grind and turn into flour. And so right now, every week, a few days of the week, we're running that basically all day long. Yeah, I bet. And mm-hmm. it dumps out into essentially like big trash cans yeah. of flour. And, um, and that's creating all the flour, the whole grain flour that we use for the whole week. That's so cool. And that grain is coming from a few different farmers, all here in California. Mm. Uh, we have a farmer, Nate Siemens, who grows out in central California, like a couple hours east mm-hmm. near um, in Wasco, mm-hmm. north of Bakersfield. That's not Tehachapi's. No, Tehachapi's further south. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's a grain project in Tehachapi. That's, that's what I was wondering. Heard right. of. Yeah. Nate's grain is actually what they sell. Okay. They just. Yep. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, Nate grows all in, all along California. Okay. And then there's another farmer, John Eck, who grows further north. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a, a third farmer, Fritz Durst, who grows kind of near um, Sacramento and okay. Cape Valley. And so those are the three. Is there anyone else I'm forgetting? I think that's it. For Every right once now. in a while, yeah. there's like another farmer that shows up and we get a little oh, bit of grain um, from. But Kenny. I don't, oh, Kenny. We've recently started talking. We haven't used his grain yet, mm. but he grows up in San Miguel. Which is the closest oh, so far. Yeah. But yeah. also potentially not organic grain. I still need to invest. Yeah, we need that. to. Yeah. There's more yes. um, delving. So all those three growers grow all the whole, all the whole grains that we use. And those are all grown wow. organically. Some of them certified, some of them not yet certified. Um, but working on their working on it, we're just never going to get it because sometimes people just never get the certification. But the no, process and, is and there. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't right. matter. Yeah, and so that's all the whole grain that we get. And so we use a variety of wheats. Maybe I'll let Matt tell you about oh. what that even means because a lot of times people just ask for, "Can I get wheat bread?" And we're like, <laughs> it's yeah, all wheat bread. "Yeah, you can. It's all wheat bread." But we got like five different varieties yeah. that we're throwing in there for different recipes, different ingredients. And then, so all of our breads have whole grain, and then some of our breads, some of our breads are 100% whole grain, mm-hmm. and we're working on a new whole, 100% whole mm-hmm. wheat one. We have 100% whole grain. That's a rye bread. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the flour that's in there is a sifted flour. Mm-hmm. And so a sifted flour is not quite a white flour. White flour is basically where you've 
take in your wheat kernel and you crush it, you mm-hmm. mill it, turn it, turns into its components. It's bran, germ, and endosperm. Mm-hmm. And white flour is just purely the endosperm. That's right. just the starch. Right. It's like and 50% of that kernel. Yeah. Is and, without, is and without the so fibrous bits. Without the fibrous bits, <clears throat> without a lot of little trace minerals. That's the craziest part is that people need to realize white flour is... You're only getting half yeah. of the grain. A lot of waste. Yeah. There's, I mean, it goes to other industries or whatever, but it doesn't. It usually goes to like animal feed, you know, right. stuff yeah. like that. But it could go to human feed. Yeah. Don't you feel? I mean, with that, I feel so often like that's the difference between say eating an orange mm-hmm. and drinking orange. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Where you're like missing the, the part that makes is it. Drinking it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you just got all the sugars. Yeah. Yes. Basically. And you're, and, and then you're you missing the benefits. It's a great analogy. Yeah. 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 You eat it and then you feel bad. And, and so it's all packed in and mm-hmm. concentrated. Yeah. yeah. We use a, a sifted flour that is essentially a flour that has been milled and part of the bran and germ have been sifted out, mm-hmm. but not all of it. So it's kind of a in between whole, 100% whole, whereas everything that we use in our, our mill. The kernel goes in and everything that comes out, we go into the dough. That's yeah. 100% whole. Yeah. And this is more like 50% whole. Yeah. Or the, the 70, T80. Yeah. yeah. It's called a type 80. Mm-hmm. And it, like, it, they're like naming systems for sifted yeah. flour. Oh, like is type not, zero, zero. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's not a, um, it's a pretty like convoluted system. Yeah, but basically, it's <laughs> like set 70 to 80% of the grain okay you know, is left so they're sifting out like 20 to 30 percent mm-hmm. which is um not as much as straight up white flour that you might find like on the grocery store shelf i had no idea that that was about the mm-hmm. sifting level right yeah, yeah. well it but the it's not always like that like type zero yeah. zero is that that's a reference or to how finely it's milled so yes because it's, it's, it's powdery yeah it's a really convoluted the system. naming scheme because yeah. europe has one and like yeah. the states have one and and yeah and germany has a different one so we use the the type 80 which is milled also on a stone mill but not by us mm-hmm. um and that's an organic flour that we mix in with the whole grains mm-hmm. and a big reason to use like a type 80 flour it's kind of produce at a bigger scale is for consistency mm-hmm. yeah and yeah working with the dough is easier um it also gives you that texture so it's you know the best way to get people to eat our bread is to make it um as similar as possible um without sacrificing our yes. values to what they might expect like accessible yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly because it you know if it's a hundred percent whole wheat loaf and we think it tastes really good, but no one else really wants to buy it or eat it uh, because a little denser or a little more hearty than they're used to, then we're not really making much of an impact. So it's kind of our way to sneak in. But we're training. Yeah. We're, we're like training. We yeah, see yeah. it as like training. We're training people because exactly. they start to eat and like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. Why is why? And then we th- give them like a little more whole grain, a little, and then eventually we, we're going to hit them with 100% yeah. whole wheat and, and they're going to realize, oh, this is then really good. Then they're going to be strung out if you had started there, they would just say, this is weird. This yeah. is so different. It's like the frog in a uh, yeah. boiling pot of water. No. Wait, no. But But yeah, yeah. But it's not like that. Yeah, it's the opposite. Is that what, so do you guys at home, do you eat 100% whole wheat? That seems like a lot. That's like eating 100% Oh, cacao we don't bake chocolate. it yet, so I don't. We don't it bake yet. it yet, but yeah. when we do, I will That's be taking what I'll be that taking home, loaf yeah. home yeah. every time. Yeah. I mean, 
Um, we eat all of our stuff. I mean, like... Oh, for sure. No, I know. I just... If you're talking about, like, bringing people along, are you guys already oh, yeah. there? Yeah, we, oh, we're there. We want... We... We want everyone to love it as much as we do, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll teach everyone about it so that they know. And because the more you know about it, and the more you believe it's good for you, the better it's going to taste. You know. Yeah. Um, and that's but, such a strong culture right now of bakers mm-hmm. who are sharing that message, mm-hmm. and you all benefit from one another talking about it. You know. Yeah. And it is. I mean, I really mean it. I I am a fan. I love fermented anything. Um, I've always really enjoyed the um, the whole wheat sourdough croissants out at Third mm. Street Bakery. Oh, I yeah. mean, a sourdough mm. croissant is like, what is happening yeah. right now? Um, I love anything with that tang, um, and so yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. And I think you're right, though. As 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 things progress, the whole mm. culture will come along to appreciate. Right those sour and fermented kinds of things. And we have a uh, kind of something that we haven't made known very wide and far yet, mm-hmm. but we do make some croissants at the bakery now. Yeah. Um, one they of do our have bakers, whole grain. And they do have whole grain. They do have sourdough in them. Yes. It's, a, it's one of our hybrid doughs. So it has a little yeast, but also some sourdough culture. Awesome. One of our bakers, uh, Elon, he is a phenomenal pastry baker and mm-hmm. especially with laminated goods which is yeah he's is like he sheeting it in a yeah but he loves it so much <laughs> that you know he was like i can make you guys the best croissant in town and we're like <laughs> okay let's do it like because we now that we have this bakery space it's it's so much more fun to support yes other bakers that have this passion that we had and we still do, but mm-hmm. it's even more fun to share, you know, the space and the facilities for people to do that. He's somebody who's hand sheeting for croissants is got to be a young person. Oh, like yeah. that yeah, is yeah, such yeah. hard yeah. work. Oh yeah. yeah, he's young and very strong, and yeah. he can he can do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he makes like a hundred croissants. Yeah, every week. Well, so the, that's incredible. The, I mean, the name, that's my cat coming oh, through the cat hey, door. Hey. That's oatmeal. Hey, she has her little microchip and they put their heads up to oh, the door nice. and it lets only them yeah, in, not I've raccoons or, yeah. yeah. Anyway, she always makes an appearance during podcast episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, the bread bike name, mm-hmm. so half of that is about bread the other half is about bikes i mean where did that concept come from yeah so i guess to answer your original question yes <laughs> bread bike uh began in the backyard of my friend's house here in town um a friend of mine willie she she had this idea of hey i want to build a bike trailer and bake some treats and go out to the bike path mm. and give them away mm. to people going to work and then her friend said oh you should ask sam if he wants to do that because that sounds like something sam would want to do mm-hmm. yeah i definitely want to do that so <laughs> she kind of pitched it to me and we started building this bike trailer and at the same time i had been baking a lot and um just been m- making bread i had been mm-hmm. making pasta and pizzas these are the things i like to make with dough Mm -hmm. and just eating them with my friends and trying to figure out like I wanted to make food for people and I didn't know 
I knew it would be some dough-related food. It wasn't like, oh, I want a restaurant or anything like that. <clears throat> no, yeah, just simply I want to make food for as many people as I can. Cool. Um, and, it, and it's going to be some sort of dough mm-hmm. type of food, pasta, <laughs> pizza, or bread. Um, those are the things I love to make. I love to make everything, but those, yeah, in particular. Yeah, those seem to be your specialty. Yeah, and... Um, and I had been making some bread, and I had another friend who was obsessed with the bread I was making. And he was, he just told me, like, Sammy, if you make bread every week, I'll buy it from you every week. I want that's the only bread I want to eat. Mm-hmm. And I bet there's other people that want to eat that bread every week. And so I kind of started doing that, and I got excited. Oh, if I can like put together a list of people, then I can make them bread every week. And bread, it's like. If you're making one loaf, you might as well make two. And if you're making two, you might as well make eight. And if you're making eight, you should probably make 20. Because it's not that much more work um, to make more. You're separating. Yeah, you're, you're, you're already, yeah exactly. Yeah. So the more people, the better. But you don't want to make one loaf every day. That's ridiculous. Yes. Or two loaves every day. You want to do that on one day. So oh, if I have a list of people and I know they always want bread, then that's a good thing to do. So... I kind of had these two things that were happening and we built the bike trailer and we went out to the bike path and we gave away, like I made some bread, we were giving out toast and were people taking you up on it? Uh, the bike trip, the bike path. We did it once. So yeah, people loved it. Yeah. They were stopping like, what is this? Wow. You should do this all the time. And me and Willie were like, well, I have to say it is pretty great. It's really awesome, but you know, it's a lot of work to go give away a bunch of stuff, but it is really fun. And we do that all the time now. Mm -hmm. We do give away a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I had the bike trailer that we had built and I had this, I had this list that was forming and I had a lot of free time on my hands Mm. in those days. Not working at the time? Um, no, I had, I had basically been traveling and ended my travels and my goal was to make as much food as I could for as many people as I could. And at the same time I was, I was moving here. Mm. And so, um, I'm like, well gonna put this list together and I gotta get them their bread and I have a bike trailer I might as well load up the bike trailer with the bread that I bake and bike around town because I like riding my bike and that that was the beginning of bread bike um the name itself there was this period of I think weeks or months where I was like is bread bike the right name for this project <laughs> and I kept re- like me and Willie would talk and we like, oh yeah the bread bike project and I had all these other names that I was thinking of and I was just, I was stuck on the idea that bread bike's a cool name, but in my mind, it was a really dumb name if I ever wanted to have a cafe or a bakery. It's like, that doesn't make sense like that. And I just like couldn't get over that. And then as someone was talking to an old friend of mine on the phone, I was telling her, she's like, oh, what you been up to? She's like, oh, I've been baking a lot of bread and like bike it around. Da, da, da. She's like, oh, what's the name of your thing? I'm like, I don't know. I have these names. Like. We've just been calling it Bread Bike, but I don't think it's a good name because if it like evolved, I don't think it would work. And she was, and she was like, "What, Sam? That's a great name. I can totally imagine. It is a great name. I can imagine waking up on Saturday morning and texting my friend like, "Hey, do you want to go to Bread Bike for breakfast?" Yes. And for whatever reason, just took like her telling me that. Then in my mind, I was like, "Oh, it's a pretty good name. It is a yeah. good name." And so that's that's how that began yeah so it didn't did it have anything to do with i mean i know on the website it says you know you have the option to order a, to get a subscription and it says like 100 percent human powered you know yeah, that's comes what, to your house so yeah when i started 
Um, I lived in a, a house at the end of Broad on the other side of town. And I asked my landlord, I was moving in there. I said, hey, I have this project I'm working on. I'm making a lot of bread. Is that okay if I run that business out of the, this house? Well, good for you. And yeah. he said, yeah. He was kind of like, uh, yeah, I guess it's okay, but I don't want people coming to the house. Yeah. And so I said, okay, that's fine. And so essentially I needed to deliver the bread. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing the bread bike thing. And so at that point in time, all the bread that you ever got was me biking to your house mm-hmm. and um, bike to your house before I know other people do now. Yeah. But for <laughs> a long time, that was the only way that you could get our bread. And then we started doing pop-ups and now we built last summer, we built this bakery and now yes. obviously people bike to us and we go to mm-hmm. farmer's markets and we use our vans to get to <laughs> farmer's markets because we just have too much stuff to put on a bike. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we still bike, uh, every week, Wednesday, okay. Wednesday and Thursday, we bike every week and we bike here around San Luis Obispo mm-hmm. and at our biggest point in time, in terms of biking, we had, I think it was like two, 250 people that we were biking to, oh but once we built the bakery, we had a lot of people end that yeah. and they just come, just in, come in when in, they yeah. want and they get to pick exactly when they need it. So wow. it's dropped down, but I still have dreams. I haven't had the time or energy to kind of like fully refocus on the biking, but I yeah. still do have dreams of expanding that to all parts of slow. And I just love this idea of this um, this vision of looking down on the city of slow and our bakery is kind of in the middle mm-hmm. and we're baking all this bread and there's just these bikes going all out <laughs> to different neighborhoods, dropping yes. off bread at everyone's house. So There's something very yeah. like right about that yeah i love it and so i want i want that i don't know when we'll be able to focus on that again but i would i think we could have 500 houses that we go to seems like an amazing opportunity for somebody who wants to get into shape honestly like ride the bread around yeah they are e-assisted because we do have a trailer that has like you know sometimes like 180 to 100 pounds but for the first year it's just e-assist i mean yeah yeah. for the first year it was not but i had this crappy i had this crappy bike i was stronger than ever yeah i had this kind of crappy bike and i had this terrible wooden trailer that just rattled (laughs) like you could hear me from two blocks (laughs) away and it was just like i was just going really slow and i would just go all over and i had to I would go on a campus one day of the week and I would bike from my house all the way across town up (laughs) the hills, like 30 loaves of bread on my bike trailer. And Um, I mean, and that was a a workout. And that San Luis Obispo wind. I mean, yeah, it's good. It is good. We try to try to deliver in the morning so that you avoid the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just to paint a picture for what it's like to get a loaf of bread. So this past week, I can't remember his name. What's Thomas. that? Thomas. Thomas. Okay, so he's wearing like, <laughs> it yeah. looks like he, I mean, he's the cutest thing and like big smile. Oh yeah. Tall guy wearing this stripy outfit that is, uh-huh. um, you know, it's matched shorts and a top. Uh-huh. And he pulls up pretty early. I mean, like maybe nine, eight, mm-hmm. 39. Uh-uh. With Zydeco music playing nice. at full volume. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My neighbors look outside and he hops off and he brings the bread and he like lifts it up like it's here. <laughs> it is just, it's the best thing. It makes me so, so happy. And I have yeah. a number of friends who get it also. And yeah. we will talk about like. Bread day. 
Bread day is the cutest day. Yeah. It's just the best day. Yeah, it, yeah. Tom, it's so funny. Thomas, Thomas has been one of my best friends since I was twelve or, mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. and um, he always wanted to be a bread biker. Like for the last three years, like, <laughs> Sam, I want him. And then every time I would be like, okay, like one of our bikers left, you can do it. Like something would happen, and he couldn't do it. Yeah. And then like he, we trained him once, uh-huh. and then he like broke his shoulder, and so he oh. was out for a couple of weeks. And so only recently is he finally a bread biker. <laughs> now you guys are getting the Makes Thomas experience, super which happy. is a great experience. Yeah. We did get some, like someone sent us our first, maybe like not negative, not negative like feedback, feedback, but feedback. maybe constructive feedback yeah. of can your biker maybe turn their music down <laughs> when, when we're trying stopped. to do like work meetings or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And I was like, uh-oh, that's Thomas. Oh, but, gosh, but it's like a yeah. balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. everyone else, I think, really loves well, it. Well, I yeah. loved it. Yeah. I totally loved it. I, well, I encourage, yeah. Totally. I, encourage I think always when the bikers go out, the instructions is always go slow, mm-hmm. have fun, say hi to everyone. Yes. If people want to talk to you, talk to them. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry. Don't yeah. don't worry that you're. Oh, I'm not going fast enough. Da da da. I got to finish the route. Yeah. Like your job actually is to connect mm-hmm. with people, and that's um, I think something that I didn't realize when it started. When I first started delivering on bike, I didn't really realize this would be. I think the most important part of the bike delivery. Mm-hmm. But then I realized as I was doing it. Is that when you're on a bike, you're right next. You're with everyone. You're not. There's and nothing. There's no between barrier. You and, them. and people see you, and they can wave you down. They can yeah. say hi. You stop at a stop sign. Like the people in the car. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. And then, and then, like the best thing is, you can. We always give them extra bread. Yeah. So they can give it away. That's and awesome. so, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm delivering bread. And then they go grab a loaf, and they give. Oh, I can have this. Yeah. And it's like sure. the best moment you've ever had because some kooky guy with. A rainbow outfit gave you fresh loaf of bread. Through your car window. It's a really good loaf of bread, too. Yes. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What was it like? How did the decision come about to make the bakery? When were you guys like, you know what? It's time. It's time to break ground on something. Um, We, I think Matt, yeah. It was. It went quick. Thinking about it now is like we had both been in business for like. A little over a year, mm-hmm. maybe, and then that's when it was less than a year. It was like when less, I decided, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like it was the scale of just like what we were doing jumped dramatically, mm-hmm. and like all of a sudden, it was like, oh, like, pe- like a lot more people want my bread, but I can't make that much. Does um, it have anything to do with COVID? Like the timing COVID on all that? Actually, yeah, COVID like, was good for our businesses. Yeah, for, yeah, the yeah. businesses just because the grocery stores got cleared out and then mm-hmm. and also people were i think that was kind of a plus of the like one of the few pluses that it made people look inward to their communities yeah. yeah um so we were local bakers that people knew and we lived in our communities and we were mm-hmm. making good food and so people kind of searched us out um and so yeah i think it was like sometime in 2020 that we had separately started looking for spaces. I was looking in Los Osos Mm -hmm. and he was looking in San Luis Obispo. Mm -hmm. Um, The tough part about Los Osos is there's not much infrastructure whatsoever. Yeah. And, um, and also that was the point when I was 
realizing I didn't want to do it by myself anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, just because I knew the scale that we were that I wanted to go to, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been fun. You yeah, because it's just you, right? It was, yeah, it was just me. And then, um, so that's when I approached Sam and Raya at the time, and we, uh, and that's when I was like, hey, I know you guys are looking, let's look together, and I'm mm-hmm. um, down to merge into Red Bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it was, I think, like three different spots we looked at before we settled I probably, on. Yeah, I'd probably been in... If, five six spots yeah. made offers at a few yeah three or four of them i think it was fall of 2020 when mm. i first kind of it was kind of this moment of, okay i want to and, and and for matt had been baking at home and kind of grown out of his home but mm-hmm. at the time it was me mariah and we had our first employee isaac mm-hmm. there was three of us and we were baking we were renting space from other bakeries um, I remember you were at Jolene. We were at Jolene. Yeah. We were at Breaking Bread mm-hmm. for a little bit as well. Um, and But as always, we had to work around their schedule. Yeah. And we had to use their equipment and it wasn't and their setup, which wasn't exactly our setup or exactly mm-hmm. the equipment we would want mm-hmm. or the schedule wasn't exactly right or you know all these little things. Yeah. And at some point, it was just like, well, we should, we should have our own. We should probably have our own bakery. Mm-hmm. And But then... It's one thing to just like decide, okay, let's have our own bakery. And then it's this whole other thing to actually do that. Mm-hmm. And so that process began. And in the beginning, I was just completely overwhelmed of, well, what do I even do next? Like, I know I need a, a bunch of money that I don't have. Mm-hmm. I know I need a bunch of equipment that I don't own and don't even know which is the equipment that I need. Ugh, and then I also need a space. Me out, even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. this is kind of stressful. And I also need a space and then I need to maybe build something or find something that exists or all these different questions. And so that began that process. Um, And then, and then by, yeah, I guess it's pretty quick. All things considered next spring. So that if that's fall 2020 Mm -hmm. spring of last year, we had made a couple offers and then we made an, an, an offer to lease the space that we were currently in at Parker Street. And we were told, I think it was on my birthday. I feel like things always happen on my birthday. Mm. Uh, we were told on my birthday last year. Was it last? Yeah, just yeah, last, last year. year. This feels a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> that we, our offer had been accepted. So we had like mm. negotiate a lease, but our proposal, inten- intention to lease had mm-hmm. been accepted. And so that was April of last year. And then I think the final lease was negotiated and signed. We got the keys maybe at the beginning of May. Yeah, and then um, and then it was just a ridiculous summer of way too much work. What was it before um, it was the big Nothing. Nothing? nothing? It, it's, it was, uh, there was concrete on the ground. That's it. There's there walls. Is, there <laughs> was walls. Plumbing. There wasn't. There, was there was like no plumbing. roof. There's no insulation in the roof. There's no plumbing. Was a there was no electricity no run. Really? There was no bathroom. There is. It's just. I can show you a, a video after this of Thomas and a couple of my other yeah. friends biking around the space, just biking in circles. It's just a big empty just space. Yeah. And so, um, 
Yeah, we built a bakery. Yeah. I'll say that that space is very cool, though. Um, I really believe in that part of town a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's There's coming, massive it's potential. Yeah. yeah. And um, sometimes it just takes one vendor moving in to get you know like a consensus everybody's like yes we agree we're gonna build out this Mm -hmm. part of town i think a lot about um flatbread in los alamos was Mm -hmm. the first restaurant there that was like different not just locals somebody who came from out of town was like i believe in this place Mm -hmm. and now yeah it's huge it's huge and so it just takes you know and that's like a one two block town yeah um Mm -hmm. here you have potential for the whole city to really congregate like between Malik down there yeah we love, we love our neighbors yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we love right now and Ascendo if that ever happens it's open I think it's open it's oh open. is it oh yeah, it happened yeah. okay yeah it happened that's excellent yeah, yeah. and Megan's and they, Megan's they're great she's yeah. awesome. nautical bean a lot of people are always hanging right. out there and yeah oh it's hugely popular yeah, yeah. high streets up the road yep. and yeah I've got a laundry mat there's a dance studio right next <laughs> well to I know us, movement arts I love those great. guys Ryan is comes in all the time I and bet. all the dancers come and get stuff so cool. um there's lots of really great it's a, yeah it's a yes. fun spot yeah we're loving we're loving that area especially the room you know the the parking lot now that we have the whole building having parking is I mean, a whole but also thing. the parking lot in front of us we now put tables out there for our pizza night and there's just awesome. there's a space that you don't get in downtown yeah. um but it, you know it's just a stone's throw from from downtown slow so it is well and parking and space is everything yeah it's the, everything the if you were downtown tight. it would not mm-hmm. be the, the same the parking is tight as it is there during the day but then in the evenings all those businesses aren't there so yeah. it's empty and that's like matt was mm-hmm. just mentioning that's something that we're just beginning to tap into and something i it's like always my like my all my aspirations just have to do with having tons of people come hang out and eat food that's kind of like the big dreams that are there and everything is like this little step towards those Mm -hmm. dreams um but yeah we just launched i think this tomorrow is our fourth Mm -hmm. ever pizza night where we're having Mm -hmm. we're turning the bakery into pizzeria every wednesday evening from Mm -hmm. five to eight we close down for a couple hours and we reopen and we take over the whole parking lot put tables out there we put some lights out there we got some music we're working on having live music mm-hmm. coming it's been actually malik was djing nice. uh on the second in the second one um and then we're just making pizzas and people are hanging out and it's been a mm-hmm. ton of fun and i think that's going to be something that we continue to grow is people coming there and mm-hmm. hanging out more and more that's very also cool. make some salads and some kind of like fresh dessert like mm-hmm. we've been doing fresh hot chocolate chip cookies and um, yeah, it's kind of been an uh, interesting foray into food service because yeah. a bakery it's a totally different business. is so <laughs> yeah. different than a cafe or mm. a pizzeria or whatever that's serving food hot and fresh like mm. when you order it. Um, so that's been a whole new learning curve, which has been awesome to kind of... Super fun. You can just dip your toe oh, in yeah, a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's one night. You know, it's still a lot of work, but mm-hmm. it's not like we're doing this every night, and we're not doing, like, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah. It's a real focused project, and um, so, yeah, it's it's been it's been awesome. And That's people are so cool. stoked, and um, it's a fun scene, you know? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I see you guys 
everywhere, I feel like people are very much paying attention to what you're doing, which has mm-hmm. to feel good. And um, kind of scary, but yeah, it does it? feel good. What do you mean by that? It's just there's uh, bigger, there's like bigger uh, expectations, yeah. maybe, or maybe like we're projecting that ourselves. I think we just we don't really pay attention mm-hmm. to that as I mean, pay attention to it, but it doesn't really influence um, our decisions. But it does in the way that we're like now whenever we decide to launch something mm-hmm. we're like okay we need to be ready because, we need to be really ready yeah, yeah. because yeah. we've learned that lesson where we weren't ready <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's like a hundred people or whatever showing up for this thing that we're about to launch and so we had to learn a couple of hard lessons yeah. but it's been it's it's never not fun in the end it's <laughs> just um we've learned a lot about yeah. how to do these things so a lot of times mm-hmm. we'll launch things and not tell anyone We'll, we'll like we'll right. the first time we'll just do it and if you happen to show up on that day it'll be there and that's because we, it might be <laughs> you're beta testing it's new yeah, yeah, yeah we don't yeah. know exactly and then by the time we tell you we're never actually ready yeah, yeah, we're yeah. like well i think we know how to do this let's do it and then we do it oh god we didn't know how to do that but we survived yeah, yeah. yes yeah and we then the help, next week it's know. so much better yeah. and the third week yeah. the fourth week it's even better and then hopefully a couple months later it's it's easy I think yeah. that the trick is that when you say you're not telling anybody, I actually think that's probably critical to the success of the thing. Is The moment you have to hire a publicist to get people interested right. in what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know that something's changed. Yeah, you. yeah. You know? We've uh, never had... I think Sam is the closest thing we have to a publicist. And that he, <laughs> I am a publicist. <laughs> you know who your publicist is? Is the person on the bike yeah, who's going go. around. Ma- I mean, yeah. Mac and Thomas. Yeah, The bread is our publicist, yeah. to be there honest. There we are. Yeah. There you... We are. All of our customers yeah. are yeah. our publicists. Everyone's our, people come in like, oh, I'm buying two loaves, one for me and one for a friend. Yeah, yep. exactly. Thank you so much. I've You're, given your you, loaf away when yes, someone was here. That's been our, ad, that's yeah. been our yeah. publicizing is just word And we mouth. get, yeah. always we're getting letters or emails or, uh-huh. or hey, pay, buy an ad and a, pay for this. Why? Well, it's not even wise. We don't have money to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> we don't even have the money to do that, yeah. but Which that's a nice idea. Which growth, yeah. too. I don't know. It yeah, just exactly. feels it's happy, healthy. It's a natural yeah. organic growth yeah. that we can you know, feel comfortable expanding. Yeah. Um, you can scale with what you, the resources you exactly. have, whether that's people or money or whatever. Yeah. Um, I saw... Why were there a whole bunch of people at the bakery recently? Was that for a pizza night or was, was that for a for launch? Pizza okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, and I, some of my friends who are hardcore cyclists were there. I think the cycling community. Oh, it might have been the uh, bike, the breakfast, the bike to work breakfast. How recently? Uh, gosh, I mean, in the past couple months, Tom DeSanto was there. Might have been the. Was it Mardi Gras? No. Oh, it could have um, been the Mardi Gras thing. I don't know. Uh, may, I, yeah. It may have been pizza night. Tom, Tom helped. Uh, Tom was our architect on the plans that we submitted. Oh, very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he. Yeah. Okay, so then that's the connection. He's always around. Yeah. But yeah. cycling is a big yeah. thing for him. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Probably pizza night. We did a bike breakfast uh, back in Bike Month, yeah. and that was one thing that we like probably weren't fully prepared for. <laughs> did you have so many people show up? Oh yeah, <laughs> we had a little bit of trouble with the like shopping center. Yeah, but we we. When we do anything free, which I love, I I love giving away food. Mm-hmm. It's so um, much more fun. It, yeah, it's really, really yeah. fun. And we do it all the time. But if we publicize yeah. that there's something free, 
that's something like Matt Matt saying. Yeah, we got to be really careful because then there's 500 people, Holy or cow. however many people. And so we did a a bike breakfast where we were making sourdough pancakes, mm. which, by the way, once we're we're working on a project right now to begin. We have bags to begin selling fresh flour. So I we're, wondered. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you, yeah. We'll talk more about that. Okay. This is some um, we're really excited about. Yeah. But if you want to make the best pancakes ever, you just use 100%. We have this variety of wheat called Patwin, which oh. is this. It's a, a white winter a wheat. It has white. A, I've yeah. done white sweetness. Sonoran for, for pancakes, and it was yeah, amazing. Sonoran's yeah, it's, we have that it's too. kind of a sweet flavor, and you do it with some sourdough starter, and it's just the best pancake you've ever had. Mm. And mm. so we were making pancakes, and then... Um, our friends Amonisere and Abby Amonisere yeah. who yeah run, she was on here yeah oh, nice. yeah, yeah. Uh, those are good friends of ours they came and they were doing gluten free waffles from Hidden Kitchen and there was just everyone 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 there's like 200 was, people yeah. or something and the bikes were everywhere and I felt bad because I, I didn't I hadn't made a good enough plan for people to line up this way instead of that way and to put your bikes here so they kind of like made a mess in the parking lot. I'm also picturing um, pancakes and waffles. Like you just have to wait till they're done. There's no like, yeah. oh yeah, there's batching we it out. We were cranking. Yeah. We were cranking yeah. out pancakes and we fed a lot of people. But then some people. There's didn't also get. a lot of people that yeah. I think wasn't I made like for. 200 or 300 pancakes and a monster made a couple hundred waffles and. Oh, I love anyways, these yeah. stories. That was, it was really though. fun. Yeah. Fun and scary. Yeah. Fun and scary. When we did when we launched. Or when we we had a grand opening party and we made on pizzas. Birthday. That yeah. was on my birthday yeah. this year. Um, <laughs> and we made 160 pizzas. And like wow. three hours. And yeah, it was like wow. a, a couple hours. Yeah. And there was like a line blocks down. And we just gave them all away. And people, oh, I love it was like the that. whole lot was filled with people. It was this huge party. Happy Five, six hundred people. It was really it was fun. insane. Yeah. You've just made a lot of friends. Oh, oh yeah. 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 It was and, so fun. Yeah. When's your birthday? April 9th. Okay, I'm April 3rd. Nice. I was going to say, I'll yeah. keep you in mind. If it's our, if we have the same birthday, I'll think good things <laughs> yeah. in your direction. You guys, I always ask somebody uh, who comes on, what would they eat and drink and who would they be with on the last day? of their life if they were celebrating a really good life it's not a sad thing just like one person or anybody any you can can live dead whatever you want um eat or drink or eat all of it i have a feeling i don't want to put words in your mouth but i have a feeling for sam it's going to be reliving one of these big parties in the parking lot (sighs) It's going to be his last day. I I would probably just like, uh, just like to have all my family and my girlfriend and all of her family Mm. and all my best friends at a big table with fresh, hot bread Mm. and (laughs) some butter and maybe olive oil and like a nice cold beer. That sounds wonderful. That sounds very fermenty. Yeah. So, do you have a preference for butter? Um, I always buy Kerrygold butter, yeah. but we use all Strauss dairy. Oh, yep. Which is my favorite mm. um, because it's a company we really align with, and um, their products are just the best. They are so good. It's the yeah. best. Yeah. All right. I I don't know. This is like. 
the answer in my head isn't that logical, but it's basically Who cares? Just everyone and all <laughs> all the different foods. <laughs> <laughs> like that, I, I don't know if that really works. No uh, one has how, ever yeah. said I just I just want because I love all different foods. Yeah. I don't I don't know all the different. I I've I don't know been to many different places and tried all sorts of weird foods and I would I feel like if it was my last day I'd want to try them all again and remember it and then I definitely would want to visit with um, all my good friends and loved ones and family but then I also feel like I would, I I wouldn't want to miss out on all the other people I haven't met yet. So I'd want them to be there That's too. That's a very big part of yeah. the answer. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't know how um, possible that is. I like it though. Yeah. I don't know. It's your last day. You can have whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. all the people and all of the foods. Yeah. No one has ever said that Everything. on here before, and I, it's really great. It's really great. You guys, thank you so much for coming down. Of for course, um, leaving the bakery to come and chat with me. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having. Thanks so much for listening to The Consumed Podcast, which is now in its 15th season. Hard to believe. If you have suggestions for guests, questions, or comments about the show, please contact me via my website, letsgetconsumed.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter, buy a little consumed pin, or download live episodes. On Instagram, I'm at consumed.podcast. Consumed is produced by me, Jamie Lewis, and edited by Chris Lambert. Until next time, thank you for listening.